previously on the Sports Talk with Devin Wade podcast. Shout out to all the people who buy bootleg Viagra from the corner store. So if one team made it through, then how can the other three complain? When you got a group of individuals like that, the storm is still brewing. We was a ball player, he was a winner. We was a manager, he was a winner. Dana was that one that we all said going to be the baseball man. These cats are either spoiled or dumb or both. Man, when they turned that plane on, dude went nuts, dog. <laughs> <laughs> hey, man. How is he? How was me? Man? <laughs> we believe in change and we're prepared for it with new techniques and new approaches. And as for our part, we feel that you're the best pieces of manpower available in this whole region. Let it go out there today, baby. Three, two, one. And once again, our mighty ship is back on course. Welcome to the Sports Talk with Devin Wade podcast. Mama, there goes that man. You know, ladies and gentlemen, start of our show. Welcome, welcome, welcome to another edition of the Sports Talk with Devin Wade podcast. So glad to have you aboard for this edition. And if this is your first time, welcome aboard. We hope to become a part of your podcast menu. And for all my regulars, hey, much love to all of you. Thank you for hanging out, sharing, and liking, and commenting, and all of that good stuff. Got a great one coming up for you this time out as uh, we're going to talk a lot of swag stuff, and we're going to talk about some NFL stuff. But let me start with this. Let me tell you ways that you can become interactive and be a bigger part of the Sports Talk with Devin Wade podcast community. You can do so by calling the Sports Line 24 hours a day, 832-941-6614. That's 832-941-6614. In addition to that, you can tweet me at Wade's Word. You can hit me on threads or on Instagram at the Devin Wade. And, of course, the Sports Talk with Devin Wade group on Facebook, and you can like the fan page. All of those are ways to become more interactive. But I want you to hit that Sports Line. That's a great way to be a part of the program. So this time out, we have a conversation with a guy who's going to be playing or coaching on Championship Saturday, talking about none other than friend of the show, my guy, Coach Bubba McDowell of the Prairie View Inn and Panthers. They play FAMU, Florida A&M University, in the SWAC Championship coming up this weekend. We have comments from him. We talk a lot about the program and the arc of his season, so that's coming up. Also, uh, some talk about the Texas Southern Tiger football program. Obviously, there was a coaching change made, and I tweeted, today, if you're following me on Wade's Word, that Chris Dishman, I talked to another friend, had been on the podcast as well. He is interested and has submitted his interest formally in becoming Texas Southern's next head coach. I'll comment on that and some NFL stuff, some NBA stuff. We may just have a Lamont Award for the big dummy of the episode, but we certainly will hear from our resident DJ, DJ Anarchy in the mix and of course uh, a lot of other things that we can get into as well so with that let's talk a little bit about what's brand new So what's brand new with me is that I am recording for the first time since Thanksgiving, the Thanksgiving holiday. Hopefully you had a wonderful Thanksgiving day, week, few days, whatever you had off to spend with family and friends or just chill, 
do whatever you want to do. I hope that was wonderful for you. Mine was cool. It's not tradition because mom and dad are not here anymore. And so we don't convene as a family in the same way we did. But it was wonderful nonetheless. And I really enjoyed the day. I also had an opportunity to do something for the fourth year in a row. I got a chance to program all the music on KTSU for 11 hours from 9 a.m. to 8 p.m. And that took me the early part of the week. Because if you know me from the Friday Express or even back from the Jazz Oasis days, uh, the AM Oasis, you know that I am meticulous about my music or the the feel of uh, how I put music together. So it took me a long time to do that. But it was wonderful to uh, be able to do that for everybody. And then I recorded a, a video the night before, sort of promoing it. And, uh, yeah, it was it was a wonderful thing, and hopefully you enjoyed that. I got so much feedback last year, and I've gotten some this year as well, but really a lot last year from people just saying they really enjoyed that music, that blend of music as a, a backdrop. So that was big for me. So also, with football being over, and I'm starting to try to watch a little basketball, getting into the basketball thing as we speak, watching Texas Southern Purdue, and, of course, trying to keep an eye out on the play-in tournament. We'll talk about that in just a little bit. But I'm looking for a couple of venues. I want to do some live remotes in Houston. So if you're in a greater Houston area, it could be Houston, Katy, Sugarland, Pearland, wherever, you let me know a place that you think is a cool spot that we can convene on a Saturday afternoon and chop it up for a couple of hours and do a live podcast. That's something I've been trying to do for a long time, haven't been able to get that done. Also, soon I'll be premiering my new podcast, a music podcast. Now, that was supposed to start a couple months ago, but football is so consuming with the travel and just disrupts everything in a great way because I love the opportunity to do it. But yeah, I will be doing that soon. So look for that on the other side of January. In addition to that, I'll be looking for a venue to do something with that as well. But that's for my music folks, not so much for my sports folks. So I may have, I may take the opportunity to program Christmas music. So I'll ask you guys, it's sort of that season now. What is a Christmas song that you love, but you rarely hear, that you've never heard? R&B, jazz, maybe a, a religious Christmas song. Give me that idea. Just tweet me at Wade's Word. Or hit me up on the Sports Talk with Devin Wade group and just uh, give me some music, some Christmas music songs that I can mix in if I do this again for Christmas Day. I don't know if I could tackle that task again on Christmas Day, but I've been asked to do so with see how that comes about if i do part or all of that it's a tough call right there but if you have some music that you christmas music that you don't hear or christmas music from an artist that you rarely hear let me know because i would love to possibly mix that in with everything else that we are doing with that let's get into some headlines in headlines, of course, there are a thousand different ways I can go. I am going to talk some NFL and a little bit of NBA because I have a question for you guys. And I'll talk a little bit of college football or greater college football. But let's start with what's in my immediate orbit. And that's Texas Southern Tiger football. Because, of course, many of you know, some of you know, a few of you know that uh, for 30 plus years, I've done Texas Southern Tiger football for KTSU. Started out with Vince Kennedy and Leonard Moon being their runner and their sideline reporter. And then with the passing events on the night of Labor Day Classic, I stepped into the role instantly. 
uh, as the color guy while Leonard Moon took over play-by-play. When Moon left, I took over play-by-play, and Larry the Chatterbox Hill became the color guy. So, and, and there were a number of years in there where I didn't travel with the Tigers on the road. There were reasons for that. But over the last few years, I have been back on the road in the SWAC. And so, of course, a lot of people are asking, calling me, inquiring about Texas Southern's head coaching situation. Of course, you know, if you're a Tiger fan, that Coach Clarence McKinney was not renewed. His contract had expired or will expire on December 15th, and he will not be renewed. Couple of things. Let me say this about Coach McKinney. I think that, and I said this on the airwaves of KTSU, that I am appreciative of the professionalism of Coach McKinney because for several years, every Thursday, no matter what happened the previous Saturday, we would have a conversation for the pregame show. And he was always available. It was pretty much exactly at the same time every week. He showed up, he answered whatever questions. Of course, I'm not Mike Wallace. I'm not 60 Minutes. I'm not browbeating him. It's a relatively friendly interview. But still, it's hard to talk about some of the losses that we had because they were so, so disappointing. But he showed up every single week. And there were a lot of things I liked about Coach McKinney. And obviously, I would not have been upset had he been given another opportunity, another year to see what he could do with a healthy Andrew body. I wouldn't have been upset with that as at all. Because what I will say, under his leadership, the team is tremendously talented. And I've said this on a number of occasions, and I don't know if people think this is hyperbolic or I'm exaggerating, but there's not a team more talented across the board than Texas Southern. Now, of course, fam, you, you can make a case for them. but And I think that certain units are better than – you know, we don't have the best units of, of all. We don't have the best collective wide receivers. We don't have the best collective linebackers. But we do have, across the board, talent. We're very talented, especially before the injuries. We really, really were more talented than most teams in the SWAC. And I just don't think there's a team that has had more talent or had more talent in 2023. Now, that didn't bear out on the field. But to have that caliber athlete, to get the kind of recruits and get what you could get out of them. But again, you got to finish those games. They were all, I mean, all the kids he brought in are good kids. You didn't hear about a lot of off the field stuff. You didn't hear about a lot of uh, antics. All the kids that are seniors are graduating. Just a, a professional through and through and did a tremendous job with that program. So I wouldn't have been disappointed had he been brought back. I understand the dynamics because it doesn't matter how many kids you graduate. It doesn't matter how good you are talent wise. If you don't win on the scoreboard, I mean, there was a time where, I mean, and I looked through the, the, the records to remember what all I've been through as a commentator. I've caught at least three Oh and 11 seasons. And I've been through some horrible, horrible blowouts. And I could truly say, obviously, Toledo and Rice got away from us this year, and that's going to happen when you play FBS schools. But by and large, week in and week out, we were in the mix every single week. And, you know, of course, you didn't win enough of those games, and hence a change has been made. If you want to know my thoughts on, and obviously you probably do if you're tuning in to the podcast, you want to know what I think about the next coach. What I will say is these are some of the things you got to think about. Now, of course, on the FCS level, you have challenges. And on the HBCU level, 
you have challenges. In the SWAC, you have challenges. And then at each individual university, you have unique challenges. So I think you have to bring in somebody who understands that, who understands the challenges that are going to come uniquely to Texas Southern, with Texas Southern. Not totally unique, but there's some things about Texas Southern that you don't see at other schools, some, some things that are challenging. And you need somebody who can understand it, who understands Houston, who understand. Obviously, it's easy to understand Texas, but to see, to understand how TSU fits into that and how to remake or build on the energy around the program. I think, obviously, you need a guy who can recruit. I mean, that some of the basic stuff you know. You got to be able to recruit and retain a a solid staff. And, and you just basically, on this level, period, you have to do more with less. And so not a lot less than your competitors. I mean, I think that on this level, in a lot of ways, Texas Southern is leading the way and doing some great things pushing this program forward. So I think that's a great thing to know that you have a a great athletic director that's willing to give you what he can to make life easier for you. So I think that is a a plus. I think there's so many things that are positive about Texas Southern, but you just have to understand what you're dealing with. And, And it would be great to have someone that can rally the alumni. And one of the things that you could say about Coach McKinney is that because of his personality, he wasn't going to be the guy to rally the the alumni. He's not the, I don't know, name a coach, name a charismatic coach. He's not Coach Prime, but he's not a charismatic coach that can really rally the troops when things aren't going well. And and I'm talking about the alumni. I'm not talking about the players because no matter what the team played for him, no matter what adversity they went through, they fought every single week for him. But you got to get that same energy from your alumni. And you got to have a guy that can captivate that group. Get them excited about the product. Because for those of us who know football, we were excited about what was to come. Because I really thought that this was going to be the year we won the West and competed for a swag title. So f- football people understood that. But you got to get... The casual fans, the alumni, the fan base excited. And so that'll be something that will be really important, I think, in this hire. Now, you can talk about high profile, but if you're high profile and you don't understand the challenges of Texas Southern, then that's going to be a problem. So, I don't. I mean, I think it's more important to understand the challenges. It would be nice to have a name. So you, you think about a guy like, again, Chris Dishman. Now, I didn't know Chris was interested in the job until late. So, I mean, I don't know if he'll even get an interview. I don't know how the process will work there. But I will say this about that, that he is a guy with college coaching experience. He played for the Houston Oilers. He knows about HBCUs. He is a guy who played in the the Big Ten at Purdue. So he is a guy that is uh, accomplished in the league. And he can rally the troops. I like him. I mean, you can make a case for a number of guys, but that's a guy I know and was around since the the 90s. So, like, I mean, we're not hanging out, but I know him well. I know the arc of his career. I know what he was like as a player. I know he's been committed to coaching. I know he's at Baylor. He's uh, been in the XFL. He's been doing his thing all over, and he wants this job. And so I think, yeah, that's an interesting choice. Because I do think, and not only that, you know, just as an example, one of his close friends is 
Coach Bubba McDowell, Purdue and M. And of course, uh, he's able to articulate, and, and I'm, I'm sure through their friendship, they're able to to understand the challenges that come with the SWAC and HBCUs. Now, when you come from a Power Five to the SWAC, it's going to be different. And I think that he understands that. And it'll be interesting to see what direction uh, TSU goes in. I would love to know what you guys think. Hit me up on the sports line, 832-941-6614. Hit me up on Facebook, on the Sports Talk with Devin Wade group page. Just let me know. I mean, I'm just interested in your take on that. Or hit me on Twitter at Wade's Word because ultimately at the end of the day is Vice President Dr. Kevin Granger that's going to make that decision. But it's still interesting to see what you guys think because, again, part of the excitement is – having somebody that you guys are excited about. And those are friends and supporters and alumni of Texas Southern University. So you can give me your thoughts on that. Going to take a brief time out, come back on the other side. I'm going to talk about the Texans. I'm going to talk about the NBA in-season tournament and uh, Jimbo Fisher and a little bit more. And, of course, we have our conversation with Prairie View A&M head coach Bubba McDowell coming up on the other side. This is the Sports Talk with Devin Wade podcast anywhere you get your podcast your children are the most precious gift god has given you their well-being is of the utmost importance and finding childcare that exhibits the same belief is well non-negotiable so why not end your search at brighter brains learning center located in stafford texas brighter brains is a licensed family-owned and operated daycare that promotes an early educational foundation and provides an environment of love safety and quality care for children ages six weeks to five years old for more information call 346-328-3717 or visit brighterbrainslearningcenter.org it's shelly wade and welcome back to sports talk with devin wade Saturday is championship Saturday and the national championship is coming to Houston and I had an opportunity to go to the press conference for the college football playoff and boy that's going to be a first rate Super Bowl caliber final four caliber event of course you know it is but boy it's uh there are a lot of activities that will be going on around that. And, of course, uh, you'll hear a lot about those. Some of those things I may partake in, other things I will not. But uh, I should be around for that And as uh, we get to our final two here in Houston. So I have mixed feelings about the University of Texas. On one hand, they're leaving the Big 12 and all the Texas schools just like A&M did. But then, like, on the other side, everybody's doing it. You know what I mean? Like, everybody's leaving and moving and maneuvering to make more money. So uh, how mad can I get? But I kind of, you know, they play Oklahoma State for the Big 12. And I want them to to win because, I mean, I'm Texas first. I'm a Texas kid. And so I'm rooting for the state schools to do well. But they're on the outside looking in. question is about Florida State. Do you, you know, after losing that quarterback, even if they win the ACC, and are undefeated, do they get the the final spot? Or does Alabama or Texas get that? Because you know that the winner of the Washington-Oregon game is going to get in. A loser won't. But the winner of 
the Pac-12, the final Pac-12 championship or in this iteration uh, will go. The other one will go away. So you got Georgia. You have Michigan, Florida State, or Oregon, Washington, winner of that one. Or would you go, say, if Alabama beats Georgia? Do both go? I mean, I don't think Alabama goes if they lose. But if they beat Georgia, wow, what do you do then? Do you, do you take both and leave Florida State out? Or do you – I mean, because, okay, on one hand, the, the resume is their resume. But on the other hand, their quarterback is, is done. The guy that made them tick is gone due to injury. Do they get punished for that? I mean, or do you just want to see the best teams? Best team. I mean, you got to take Texas over Alabama, I would think. Obviously, if they win, you got to take them. But, man, Texas over Georgia, ooh, I think Georgia's going no matter what. But, yeah, it'll be interesting to see what it is. But Texas has their chances and to think that they could come to Houston. That would be bananas. It would be it's going to be bananas anyway because everybody's going to travel because, you know, I mean, other than maybe the, the Pacific Northwest teams, but everybody's going to bring it. They're coming for football and for this. This is going to be huge for them, and uh, we'll have to see about that. But, of course, a lot of people are talking about the $76 million buyout of Jimbo Fisher. And I did the math on this, and to just tell you how crazy it is. So – the average Division One team has about between 115, 120 players, right? And not all of them are scholarship players, but a, a roughly that number, right? Sort of look that up. That's about the number. So I, I rounded it to or, or sort of compromised and made it 118 players. If you divided the $76 million that Jimbo is getting paid to not coach, you could pay those players for four years $161,000 a year. So that's 472 different payments over four years to the tune of $161,016.95. That's what you could pay. And that's what he's going to get not to coach. Dana Hogerson uh, will get $14 million not to coach the University of Houston. I think that is a move that they had to make. You can't afford to fall too, too behind in the energy that it takes to compete in the Big 12 in football. So I think you had to make that move. They weren't trending up, especially when you don't beat UCF and I think Cincinnati, the teams that came into the Big 12 with you. Yeah, it wasn't a good look, and you're not getting a lot of positive energy out of that program. I'm outside. I don't know much about it, but that is not uh, – that's not a good look, what was going on over this season, and they had to make a move. So it'll be interesting to see Cliff Kingsbury. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see what happens. That'll be interesting to watch. But he's getting $14 million out to coach. So the crazy thing is, okay, with the NIL money, these guys are getting money. The problem is the money is not coming from the schools. So you got a guy, and I, thought, I heard a number – that Arch Manning is making $3.8 million in NIL money. I know Shadua Sanders is over a million. Angel Reese is making a ton of money. But that's not taking any money out of the coffers of, college, of colleges or universities. So they're still off the hook for having to pay the kids. Now, again, we've talked about this for years and years, how to pay players. And this will satisfy a lot of people, especially when – Whole programs get a little bit of money. What like whole teams get a cut? 
that's a good thing and that makes it better for some programs but that's not happening everywhere and it's still the onus is still on the universities in my opinion in some way it's just so much money around these programs that is just being given to to coaches when i mean you look at assistant coaches in power five conferences making nine hundred thousand dollars i ain't even talking about coordinators i'm talking about position coaches not eight seven six hundred thousand dollars a year and kids are not getting paid i just think that and i know that title nine is the the huge hurdle it's a huge hurdle and i know that every school isn't making the same kind of money as your big power five schools so i mean to say that there's an easy answer there's never been an easy answer and i guess for now nil is the way to go but at some point these universities have to be able to feed into that and share some of that wealth when you pay jimbo fisher 76 million dollars not to coach that's a problem that's a huge huge problem so I want to shift gears here and talk a little bit about the Texans. Texans play Jacksonville on Sunday. And I will tell you this, man, that was a good, entertaining game. And for the longest, the, the Texans have not been entertaining. It's wonderful to see this team grow and to be excited because it's so unexpected. So you don't have the burden of expectation on this team and so you get to really enjoy their growth. And every time they do something good, obviously they missed a uh, field goal at the end of the game to tie it. But I think that was the right choice to try it. They had some some timeouts that they wasted down the stretch. But I will say this. I mean, C.J. Stroud continues to impress. Tank Dell is the gift that keeps on giving. He is a, a real surprise. But what happened that I saw for the first time in a lot of weeks is that – Jacksonville really got a lot of pressure on him. And even when he was getting out of the pocket making plays, that I mean, it was obviously he was it was obvious he was being disrupted. And, and I think that in addition to the pressure getting him outside of the pocket, they got to him and they brought him down. But I think that the team is still in the mix. I think this is a huge matchup against Denver as they have identical six and five records. And saying, okay, who's still in the hunt? And Denver, how about Russell Wilson and Sean Payton <laughs> coming out of nowhere? They're balling out. Can you believe it? They're back in the mix when they were a laughing stock. They lost. Somebody put up 70 points against them this season in the NFL. And here they are in the mix. You know, Indy's in the mix. They're right there. And so while they the winning the division is long shot now, which is not out of the realm of possibility, but it's a long shot now. It's fun to think that this team could possibly make it to the playoffs. So we'll have to see about that. But it was really interesting to see what they're doing and how they're doing it. And it's really all about C.J. Stroud. He is so much better than I thought he would be after seeing him. And again, maybe that's just my own ignorance. But it's it's always a crapshoot because Bryce Young, is. I mean, obviously he – doesn't have the offensive line. And I will say this, the offensive line, Titus Howard went down, and I think that changed the complexion a little bit for the Texans after he got hurt. But I will tell you this, man, that offensive line has played a lot, lot better, and Bryce Young in Carolina would trade places with them in a minute as, of course, uh, Frank Wright got fired this week at Carolina. So 
a lot of that is going on. Finally, before I, we go and get into our conversation with Bubba McDowell, I want to ask you guys about the NBA playing tournament. So I talked about this Saturday inside the KTSU Sports Talk. I think, okay, so they're ultimately playing for $500,000 a man, which I think is great. But when you think about millionaires having to be bribed to play hard to make this exciting in-season tournament, that's crazy to me. Like, like okay, the, 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 the millions and millions they're already making in incentive enough you can put an extra five hundred grand so they'll compete hard in this tournament in season to try to make the the regular season relevant. Now I want to say this: I think the format, once you delve into it, is interesting. And and I'll tell you on the other side in December, December the ninth is the championship. I'll tell you more about if it worked then. I think we'll all know if it's a success. I'm not crazy about the courts. Maybe that's for other people think it's crazy but i guess that's a way to distinguish between a regular season game and an in-season game obviously that's the reason why they did it but they're trying to to appeal to whom i don't know i'm not crazy about the courts at all uh the uniforms some of them are real cool i like the rockets uniforms the h-town thing was cool and right now they're playing tonight the uh, against the Dallas Mavericks trying to uh, clinch a berth in the playoffs. So I mean, if you don't understand, it was what six division, uh, yeah, six divisions, eight teams get in, and you compete and you whittle it down. And right now they're two and one in play-ins. And let's see, in their division, uh, the Mavs are one and two. If they the Rockets win tonight, they clinch. Right now they're number two. The Pelicans. A three and one, and they lead Group B, which the Rockets are in. The Clippers are one and three, and so they have been uh, uh, what? I guess they've been eliminated from uh, the possibility of making it to the playoffs. So I want to know if you guys are interested. Give me a call eight three two nine four one six six one four eight three two nine four one six six one four. Gonna take a time out here from DJ Anarchy and the wonderful folks at Cobank Homes. On the other side, our guy Bubba McDowell, head coach of the Prairie View and m Panthers, going to championship Saturday, playing for a swag title. That's coming up. And maybe a Lamont Award. This is Sports Talk with Devin Wade podcast. Anywhere you get your podcast. Sports Talk with Devin Wade wants to thank our sponsor, Kofi Bankus and CoBank Homes. The vision at CoBank Homes is simple. And it stems from the belief that clients can trust CoBank to guide them to realize one of, if not the single largest investment decision they will ever make, their home. CoBank simply looks to build lifelong relationships through service. They do this by using faith, knowledge, and technology to guide clients through the process of achieving their real estate goals. Be it buying, selling, or investing in real estate, contact Kofi at 832 757 7950. That's 832-757-7950. Cobank Homes through Keller Williams. Come on.
That's our resident DJ, DJ Anarchy in the mix. And if you have music you want heard on the podcast, of course, you can email me, music at wadeswordproductions.com. Music at wadeswordproductions.com. The genre doesn't matter. We will play a snippet at the halfway point and an entire mix at the end of the program. Let me tell you what we got coming up next episode, though. We do have Terry Donald. She has a new song that's coming up, and uh, we'll have that on for the next episode. So that's coming up. But again, music at wadeswordproductions.com. With that, want to get into our conversation with Coach Bubba McDowell. We've been rooting for him for a long time. He, along with Dishman, and of course, all the old Oilers, a lot of those are my guys, and I still are in contact with them in to varying degrees. But, man, long time, a long time ago. Been knowing these guys a long, long time. Been uh, knowing Bubba for a long time. He's always been available to me on the podcast, on the radio of course, uh, we sort of rallied and campaigned for him to get coaching jobs anytime one came up, and finally he did, and it's paying off a preview because in his second year, he is going to the SWAG championship. He's trying to avenge a loss to FAMU 45-7. to In that game, Trazon Conley had three interceptions. They just didn't play well, but I think they're really confident about their chances going into the game on Saturday. I think uh, they believe in themselves more than probably – uh, many others do, but when you look at it, I mean, it's hard to beat a team twice. They're not vastly overmatched if they play their best football, but uh, we talked to Coach McDowell about that and about his season and a whole lot more. Here is that conversation. As promised, here with Coach Bubba McDowell, friend of the show, been a friend of mine for many, many years. Congratulations, first and foremost. Man, I am so excited that if it couldn't be us, it was you and your preview and m Panthers going to the SWAG Championship. Talk a little bit about the frenzy that this week has been because, man, since you guys won it all, it seems like everybody is just going crazy celebrating that victory. Yeah, and it's, it's wonderful to uh, Dev to be in this position, man. Again, I mean, I give all praise and honor and glory to God. You know, you know, we started off during the season talking about where we wanted to be at the end of the year, and we're right here. Was it great? Was it perfect? Absolutely not. You know, we still had to do some work, you know, to get here. And you know, as I told guys throughout the course of the year, you know, we just got to learn to stay in. Uh, stay stay focused, stay locked in, which is our model. Locked in all year long, you know, locked in each and every game, lock in at practice, you know, so we can make sure that, you know, you're doing the right things uh, in the game, hitting those right gaps, catching those balls, you know, and, you know, hitting the right holes, you know, jump cutting through, you know, all that stuff, man, comes into play when we talk about locking it in and, and to be where we are. Being able to play for the SWAT championship is, is truly an honor, you know, and, and the guys worked so hard to get here. And, you know, they again, like I said, we had some ups and downs, you know, close games, not so good games. And uh, then, you know, we put it together uh, at the end, you know, to uh, secure a victory against Alabama State and then to uh, get ready to play uh, FAM again uh, for the SWAT championship. 
So you you and I talked after the FAMU game and, and not on the podcast, just personally, we, we talked about it. And you said you were <laughs> able to point out plays where your team knew what to do, but for whatever reason, they failed to execute in those situations. How were you able to get that team, to, your team, to refocus after a loss like that to FAMU? Again, and, and just, just throwing it in their face about, you know, reminding them, uh, you know, constantly, dude, you know, this is what you guys asked for. You know, you, you said you was going to be here. You promised me you was going to do this. You're going to be where we need to be. I said, but you can't get it done like this, you know. I mean, sure, we, 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 we hold these guys to a, a good first half, and then we come out second half, and then we just, we just fall apart, you know. And, and I said, dude, you know, we're falling apart. And we fell apart in this game, uh, but you can't fall apart for the rest of the season. I said, I, I tell you guys, and I keep telling you guys, we're going to be back here again. And, we, you know, once we get in that position, you know, we have to be able to take care of our own business, you know, not relying on others as we have done so many times in the past. You know, and they bought into it. And, again, was it perfect? Absolutely not. But it was enough to manage the game to, to, uh, to secure a win. On both sides, you know, and even special teams, you know, which started clicking uh, as well for us. And again, you know, as well as I know, you know, you, you need all phases, you know, to win a game. Well, you talk about your quarterback and Trazon Conley uh, had a, a rough game the first time out. And, and in general, how eager is your team to get another shot at FAMU knowing that they can compete with this team and did really for the first 30 minutes of that game? Yeah, I, and again, they 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 love it. I'm a dad, static man. You know, coming off the break, we came back in Sunday, and uh, again, uh, everybody like, oh man, why are you bringing them back in? I said, look, no, we're gonna bring them. I'm gonna bring them back in, coaches. Y'all don't have to be there. I just want to be able to bring them in. We're gonna run them a little bit, and they can choose to volunteer, go out and run some stuff on their own if they need be. Uh, so you guys are not not obligated to be there, man. They came in and. But the, the the energy was like we was getting ready to play tomorrow. And I was, like, totally shocked. And I'm like, oh, wow. And I told him at the end of the, uh, in, at the, end of the run, I'm like, and I told him I was strength and conditioning. Because I said, you know what, line butt up on the, uh, in the end zone. He said, why, coach? I said, because I want to I see him run 100. I want to see him run all the way down till I, till I tell him to stop. And I really just wanted to see if they was going to complain about it. Not one complaint. They jumped in that thing, and they were just high energy, man. Like I told them when we got through stretching out of the ring, I said, man, y'all surprised me. I said, you guys know I'm going to shoot y'all the truth, right? They said, oh, yeah, we know you. You ain't going to hold back. I said, man, I said, I'm totally surprised, man. You guys came back with, with a lot of energy. I said, this is what we need, man, going into a fam, you know, to play against a good team. I said, but the same energy that we got, you know, today, said, and that was yesterday. I said, we got to have this throughout the rest of the week when we take before we take off on Thursday to go down to uh, Florida to play a good football team. And I said, if we had this same type of energy all week, guys, you know what happened. We, we can go in there and, you know, and, and possibly win this game. Well, I'll tell you what, a couple of years ago, almost two years to the date, you were on the staff that, that went to Jackson State to compete. Prairie View getting that first crack at the SWAG championship fell short. What did you as a coach learn about that experience that can help you going into the SWAG championship on Saturday? Again, just just trying to keep guys motivated, uh, you know, throughout the course of the game, and not get down on themselves when things go bad. And that's that's really how I think we we lost it that week down there in Jackson. You know, when when things went bad, we we didn't have those type of leaders to 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 bring each other out to to encourage each other 
you know, hey, keep going. We, 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 we the game is not over with, you know, and that's what we preach to them all the time. Dev, you know, play four quarters of football, man. If you again, if you if you do that and you you you're beating that guy across from you, as I always tell them, you know, 80, 90, 80 percent and above majority of the time, you know, you and you're gonna be the winner. I mean, it's gonna help us secure a win. But again. Everybody has to do their 100. And if you guys continue to talk and, and communicate, you know, whether it's offense, defense, special teams, it'll give us that much better of a chance to win a game. And I know I, I, I throw that back into I throw it back on them. You know, the times we had a chance to be there and we didn't take care of business, that Jackson State game and the game after that, you know, uh, the Valley game, I throw it back in their face. Like, look, man, let's stop depending on people to uh, help us out. Let's, let's, let's secure this thing the right way our way you know so we ain't got to depend on anybody you know i said this is what championships are, are, are made of this is what champions are made of you know not getting down on each other when it, when the times get rough because again you're going to go through those ups and downs in the course of the uh football man and the team that sustains it the best for four quarters of football i mean it's the team that's going to win it yeah, and it's surprising because you see it in the NFL every Sunday how these games seem like they're going to be blowouts. And even looking at, like, Philadelphia yesterday, they were able to come back in the fourth quarter because, again, they, they don't get they don't compound bad experiences. So, yeah, it's a, a great lesson for your team to learn. Now, you guys are on a hot streak. Since, fam, you've you won three straight, and you've gone through a, a tough part of the schedule when you talk about Pine Bluff Southern. At that point, you were coaching against uh, the former coach, Eric Dooley and, and came out with a win and then your your former teammate Eddie Robinson and an upstart Alabama State team talk a little bit about this three game run where you guys have really gotten it going we, we talk about guys doing what they need to do to win the game and you know again this game is all about you know peaking at the right time yeah uh, again we got some guys healthy um, and we was able to play more guys um, offensively and defensively, you know, to give other guys a break. And I think for the most part that that helped us out quite a bit. Like I say, man, it, it was just coming down to how bad they want it. And, you know, and I'll throw it in their face again. Like, hey, man, you know, we, we're winning and that's great. We won this one, we won that. But the race is not over. The fight is not over. We got to go to the next one, on to the next one. Let's forget about the last one and uh you know and our motto was again you know lock in and we just say you know we want to know want to know each week you know and that's you know that's the thing we break it out with every week you know just take one game at a time and and you know and to secure victory and and again also just to be in a safe place to where again we can control our own destiny and you know and that's what we did just going down that stretch man you know we just played really good football discipline football because we were very bad in, in like mid-season beginning to mid-season we we're a bad disciplined team man i told them to do you know a lot of these games we lost because you we were just just strictly really bad just undisciplined you guys trying to fight you know and and do this and do that and costing us at the wrong time again Deb, that was like really like you know third down we have them stop we'll get a stupid penalty or offensively we'll we'll be in position to uh get the first down boom we jump all sides you know now we're back you know instead of you know third and one we're back third and six or third and you know third and ten so it was little things like that that we learned that we grew to not do during those last stretch to in order to help us uh be in the position we are in today 
How about what, all the, the close victories you had? You going back to the, the game opener in overtime <laughs> against TSU. You won a, a close one against Southern. Alcorn, that, that win was huge on the road at the reservation. Talk a little bit about this team's ability to win those close games and what will that do for you heading into the SWAG championship? Mentally tough. I mean, it just, it just prepares you mentally. And, again, we know we was um, – Coming out of that first game against um, TSU, I mean, I, I knew we had it at that particular time when we came back, you know, did what we had to do, get in position to uh, kick the ball uh, to win the game. And at that point, they told me that, that we were mentally tough enough to win games. Uh, now, how we were going to do it, you know, physically, uh, you know, throughout the rest of the course of the rest of the course of the year, uh, you know, remains to be seen. But again, as you say, you know, we against ACU, uh, shoot, man, I mean, the score doesn't indicate, you know, how badly we played or how, how good we played. Because, again, it was one of those situations where we just guys out there doing their own thing. And again, had we capitalized on guys being where they need to be and doing what they asked to do. You know, we would have made that game a lot closer. I think we would have had a chance to win it. SMU probably the only one, uh, that, again, that, you know, outstrength us. You know, they were bigger, they were faster, stronger. And, you know, but even in that game, we had opportunities on our side, their side, and didn't capitalize because we were making stupid, dumb penalties, mistakes that cost us. And, again, you can't do that against good teams, you know. And ACU, uh, HCU, should I say, it's, I mean, I, I don't know what happened that game, as I told him. I said, but this, this game would not would not happen again. I mean, as long as I'm the coach here, I say it would not happen again. I, I, by far the worst game you guys have ever played since I've been here. And I said it's unacceptable. But you talk about you want to be a part of the SWAT championship. You want to be in the position where you want to be able to play for the SWAT championship. And like I told you, I said, there's no way in the world. But I said that. I said something else that this team will be, be able to play against anybody if you continue to put up performances like you did tonight. You know, they took it to heart. They they had team meetings, uh, you know, with one another, uh, which I thought was really good. And, you know, and we corrected some things. Wasn't perfect again, just going down the stretch, but just to see them get together and, and hold each other accountable uh, was a good start for us to where we are today. Well, I think it built us mentally, physically, um, more so mentally, you know, where we are today. Because, again, Alcorn, again, another close game that we had to drive to uh, get in position to win the game. So, again, I knew mentally we, we was uh, able to do it. It was just going to be whether or not we we can put the mental part and the physical part all together at one, two, in one, you know, one big category to where we can just say, hey, you know what, we did it all. We did it. We did it good enough to win. Uh, and that's what we did down the stretch. We did it. We did it just enough to win. Basically, like I said, we managed enough games to win it, to be in a position again, just to be able to play for the SWAG championship. So what are the keys? Uh, what are some of the keys to victory uh, for your team? What does your team have to do well on Saturday uh, to defeat FAMU for the SWAG championship? We got to tackle better. Well, do we, like I said, we, it was horrible. I mean, second half, I mean, they came out, boom, they got the ball and boom, took it down the field. Just guys out of position trying to do things that they shouldn't have been doing. Gap responsibility was bad. Offensively, you know, we had guys wide open, but, oh, you know, again, you know, a lot of that could have been on us or, you know, and some of that was on them just being more physical than we were. Uh, 
they were very physical defensively where we wasn't as, you know, tough offensively, you know, on, on screens and, and guys getting ran back into the quarterback, you know, you know, causing him to throw interceptions, you know, and had he had a chance to, you know, just set up, you know, shoot, man, it could have been, we could have been down the red zone 10, 10, 15 yard line, like maybe four times. But again, that didn't happen because, you know, solely due to them and to us not doing what we're supposed to do. So they know that they can play with these guys, but they know that, you know, they're going against a good team that's not going to give up. They know a team that's going to may, may start slow or may start fast. They don't know that. They, all they know is that, you know, FAM is a really good team, and, and if you don't do what you're supposed to do there, they will exploit it, and they will, you know, they will exploit it very badly as they, as they experience, you know, 45 to 7. Well, Coach, uh, I know uh, your fan base is really excited. And I mentioned this to you that man, on social media, people are repping the Panthers hard. A lot of people are excited. The alumni are just rallying. How important is it for the program and for for this team to know that so many people are rooting for them? It's huge, man. Uh, and again, I wish we can you know get a lot of a lot of that support at home. You know, when we're playing, we we didn't get it. Uh, like we thought, but you know, we knew, you know, that fans were still out there rooting us on. And as I told them, you know, every day, you know, during practice and then at the end of the game, you know, you guys got to play the game no matter what you see in the stands, you know, because again, at the end of the day, it's about you nurturing each other, uh, you know, having confidence in each other, you know, believing in each other to. You know, get back and be in the chance, uh, be have a chance to be in the SWAT championship and play for the SWAT championship. You know, it's all going to depend on you guys, not who's in the stands. You know, it's about, again, coaches put you in position to make the play. Now you go out there and you execute it and you make it. And I guarantee you we'll be sitting pretty at the end of the season, you know, just as long as we stay locked in and you just stay the course, you know, and, and that's what they did, you know, overall, just, just again, just trusting each other, you know, believing in, you know, each other. And as I said, you know, it, it, it helps out, you know, they, they on Twitter, they, they see and hear what fans <laughs> are doing and, and the fans, you know, just loving them up and, and was they should cause these young men, I'm so proud of they, they, they worked their butt off. They, and, they hung in there, you know, when, when others think they wasn't going to do it, you know, and, and they did it. They said they were going to do it and they did it, man. And, uh, and that's why I'm so proud of them, you know, staying that course as they said they was going to do, you know, and now we have this opportunity to uh, go down to uh, Florida A&M and uh, get with these Rattlers again and, and, and try to get this win. Well, Coach, you get to play on Championship Saturday. That's a huge, huge deal. I'm excited for you, and congratulations to you and your program. And no matter what, this has been a successful season to even get back to this point. And, and yeah. again, we, uh, of course, repping the, the Swag West and coming from a, a fellow Western Conference team, a Western Division team, we are rooting for you guys to, to win it for the West. We appreciate it, man. Again, appreciate all the love the fans been showing these young men. And trust me, they it don't go without unseen or, or you know, notice. They they notice what you guys are doing, PV Nation. And uh, I, I just ask that you keep keep lifting them up and, you know, let's get down here you know, and play a good game for four quarters and let's see who comes out a winner. Well, hey, well, good luck, Coach. And yeah. uh, maybe we'll visit again before the Celebration Bowl. We never Absolutely. know. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. 
To have your comments heard, call 832-941-6614. I want to thank Coach Bubba McDowell for joining us. I always appreciate the time, especially this week when things have been so hectic for him and for that program as they get ready to play for a, a SWAG championship. Hopefully you enjoyed that conversation. Of course, you can give me your thoughts on that, 832-941-6614. But with that, it's time for the Lamont Award. I don't want to wish you no bad luck, but I hope your ship sinks. With no lifeboats and no life preservers and a school of piranhas surrounding you, you big dummy. The Lamont Award goes to the player, team, entity, someone in or around the world of sports we deem to be the big dummy of the episode. Well, earlier we talked about the University of Houston, but let's talk about them in relation to the No Fun League. I'm talking about the NFL. This story is over a month old, but I hadn't had a chance to comment on it because it pisses me off and it clearly demonstrates how greedy and selfish and just petty the NFL is and how they are truly big dummies as it relates to this. So the NFL, in the article, and and this essentially is the report, NFL threatens the University of Houston with legal action over, quote, blatant copying of Oilers-inspired uniforms. Okay, so let's let's unpack this a little bit. The Houston Oilers do not exist. Obviously, that organization has transformed into the Tennessee Titans. They have their own logo. They have their own uniforms. They have whatever colors they have. That's them. Okay, they have all new uniforms. So there is no Houston Oilers. And even if the University of Houston was inspired by them, but but let me let, let's get back to it first. So so let's talk about this. So University of Houston, whose colors are red and white, did a, a H Town sort of a retro, and they did not reference the Oilers, but I mean they wore what was similar to Oiler colors, and it was very nostalgic, and the city was all behind it. It was bananas how people loved that. They were rocking it. I mean it was that Oiler blue jersey. So I mean clearly if you are from Houston of a certain age. You know that it's similar to the defunct Houston Oilers. There's no Houston Oilers. That they only live in our hearts and our memories. So that being the case, the NFL in the article it says the NFL has threatened legal action against the University of Houston in the form of a cease and desist letter over the pro- football program's use of throwback uniforms. Similar to what the Houston Oilers wore during the Love Your Blue era, according to the Houston Chronicle, the letter cites blatant copying and also demanded that the school halt sales of any merchandise and remove any social media posts or other branding related to the uniforms. Now, the Cougars did not explicitly reference the Oilers or Love Your Blue when they unveiled the uniforms for their season opener against uh, UTSA. Now, what they did say was, hey, this was the same as the HPD patrol cars from back in the day. So let's go with that. They left, the Oilers left in 1996, and the petty-ass NFL is not letting Houston wear Houston colors. It's so unnecessary. And it's so offensive because now how in the hell are you going to have a copyright or a patent on blue? I mean, even if it's Columbia blue. 
So you you just own blue now? You own blue and red now? Is that how powerful the NFL is? I mean, if I had the inclination, if I'm the University of Houston, I'd say screw you and rock them again and see what happens. Because this is not a good PR move at all for the NFL. In fact, they look like a bunch of Lamonts. NFL, because you are suing the University of Houston over our colors, you are all big dummies. You big dummy. <laughs> How you going to own blue? How you going to own Columbia Blue? Let, let, let the kids have it. These kids don't even understand. Look, if anything, it might help you sell more oil of merchandise. I mean, because that's out there somewhere. You guys do throwbacks and all of that. They did it this year. Now, what they didn't rock was the uh, the oil derrick that's on the oil uniforms. Let, let, let us live. Let us. You ripped this team away from us, and now you want to take away the memories? Boy, y'all are selfish. Oh, y'all are bitter. I would hate to divorce the NFL. On top of all the other bad PR, this is just bad PR. That's That's them. They do that. So with that, let's just close this thing out. But before I let go, before I let go, before I let go, hey, one, two, I thank you guys for tuning in. I want to thank Bubba McDowell, head coach of Prairie View A&M University. Good luck to them on Saturday against FAMU. In addition to that, I want to thank Cobank Holmes and Brighter Brains, our DJ, DJ Anarchy. And, of course, want to remind you, give us a call on the sports line 24 hours a day, 832-941-6614. In addition to that, tweet me at WagesWord on IG at the Devin Wade, D-E-V-A-N, W-A-D-E, at the Devin Wade on Twitter and on Threads. And, of course, uh, the Sports Talk with Devin Wade group on Facebook and online, wayswearproductions.com. Still on the website. Check it out sometimes and catch up on past episodes. But if you can't remember any of that, please remember these four things. Number one, I don't do no favors after 6 o'clock in the evening. Two, I ain't got no money. Three, I'm not harboring any fugitives from justice. And four, bye. This has been the Sports Talk with Devin Wade podcast. Remember, you can follow him on Twitter at Wade's Word. Thank you for listening.